the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Los Angeles County Sheriff says two deputies were shot in their patrol car at a metro rail station in what appeared to be an ambush. Sheriff Alex Villanueva. One is a 31-year-old mother of a, of a six-year-old boy. The other one is a 24-year-old. They're both out of class 437, so they just graduated. And in fact, I swore them into office just 14 months ago. These are real people doing a tough job, and uh, it just shows uh, just the dangers of the job in the blink of an eye. They were shot Saturday evening while parked outside a transit station in Compton. Both were shot multiple times and underwent surgery. Deputies searching for a suspect. Tropical Storm Sally threatening the northern Gulf Coast and is strengthening and expected to reach hurricane status sometime on Monday. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt explains the uphill battle in the media. If Biden wins, China wins because China will own this country. The president is talking about China and the headline is Trump calls Biden stupid. Now that is the D.C. filter because they want you to think, oh, Trump mean Biden nice as opposed to Trump hard on China, Biden soft on China. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Trump 2024, the world after Trump, addresses the aggressive movement seeking to strip away our freedoms, teachings, and values, while silencing religious voices and damaging our economy. And right now, by using promo code Minneapolis, you can save 20% of your purchase of the film, so stream it today at SalemNow.com. Just past 4 o'clock on this Sunday here in the Twin Cities, forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center, gradual clearing and a high of 73, and we got the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker coming up next right here on The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pets. Stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM. 
Parents, are you happy with your children's at-home high school experience? Wondering if you're doing all you can to prepare them for the next step in their life? Check out Salem Career Hub online at SalemCareerHub.com. Whether it's college prep school, a four-year university, an MBA, or learning real-world vocational skills needed to start a career, get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your child's life through education. Our team of educational experts are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or online at SalemCareerHub.com. Are you tired of bouncing over your sunken apron into your garage, shoveling snow off an uneven driveway, or stubbing your toe on your uneven sidewalk? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We can fix your settled concrete with a more permanent solution than mud jacking. Expert Concrete Raising uses a high-density polyurethane foam. It doesn't deteriorate, shrink, or wash away over time. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact the second-generation concrete raising business at expertconcreteraising.com. That's expertconcreteraising.com. Wake up with the Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream the Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his It's Sunday, 4 o'clock, and that means, once again, the best hour in radio of the week. This week will be no exception. In fact... It may surpass any other hour in any week of the year. (laughs) You got to listen in. Yes, it's a reprise. Four years ago and a few weeks ago, uh, Dan Rosen and I started out our uh, the uh, predecessor to the Victory Hour. The Parker Rosen Hour. And we are joined this week. In just a few moments, uh, we'll be joined by Dan Rosen himself. And we will be together once again for the full hour with Smart Plane Talk. Talking politics, Israel, and the law each week here on the Victory Hour. And Danny and I are going to discuss... Uh, the new uh, diplomatic landscape in the Middle East, uh, as uh, Donald J. Trump has uh, 
shaken things up. No doubt about it in his approach to the Middle East. Uh, diametrically opposite to the Barack Obama approach and different from any other president's approach prior to Obama. Uh, It's still, uh, I think the jury is still out as to what the ultimate outcomes will be, but the outcomes thus far have been quite good. Quite good for the people of uh, the Jewish state of Israel, but Uh, Also, uh, better in terms of peace as it relates to the region as a whole. And we're going to, Danny and I are going to talk about that uh, in a few moments. In addition, we're going to talk about some of the political ramifications of the unprecedented times that we are living in. We are reminded how unprecedented they are daily by... The drumbeat narrative of the flying, lying monkeys in the mainstream media. And the flying monkeys I refer to from the Wizard of Oz, as you all may recall. The henchmen out there doing the bidding of their uh, leaders. And in this case, it is a consistent anti-Trump drumbeat. No matter what it is that he does, it is finding the worst of it. Now, Trump gives a lot of reason and fodder to them to use at certain times by language he uses, no doubt. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about the politics of uh, COVID, the politics of uh, rioting and looting in the streets, systemic racism, question mark. And uh, it should be a very interesting uh, discussion. Uh, Next week on the Victory Hour, uh, we're going to have a best of show because I will be out of town and out of pocket. And I will be at a wedding all weekend. Well, Jason, then, then there will be no production. So uh, that that creates a problem. Yes, I'll uh, be in the wilderness of Alaska, way up north near the Arctic Circle. Uh, And I'm going to spend some time contemplating all of the issues we talk about weekly on the Victory Hour and much, much more. So I will not be with you uh, next Sunday, but we'll pick it up. Uh, on the 27th of September, and we hope to have either then or in the month of October, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem with us on the show. Uh, We have been attempting to coordinate her, uh, a date for her having uh, accepted an invitation to come on. uh, She's doing some great things. We're going to talk with Danny Rosen a little bit Uh, later about uh, South Dakota and the relationship between how they handled things in South Dakota versus Minnesota, how the numbers reflect the handling and uh, whether shutdown really does make the difference or not. It'll be uh, an interesting discussion. So without further ado, my longtime uh, law partner uh, and good friend, 
brother from another mother, <laughs> Dan Rosen, uh, joins me on the Victory Hour. Danny, thanks for uh, being with me today. Andy, it's a delight to be back with you. The flying, lying monkeys of the mainstream media. Andy, you, my friend, can compete with William Sapphire, (laughs) who I think was the one who gave Spiro Agnew the line, the nattering nabobs of negativity is uh, is how uh, Sapphire and, and Agnew referred to the mainstream media in their day. I think uh, nattering nabobs of negativity and flying lying monkeys, uh, I think both of them work pretty well. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Danny. No, I, uh, if I can be referred to in the same sentence as William Sapphire, uh, I have uh, reached a mountaintop that I never thought I would, I will say. But, you know, the rest of the comparison goes by the wayside as I fumble through. And today... We wanted to talk a bit about, uh, Danny, we talk about this, talked about, uh, of course, the Middle East and Israel uh, almost weekly uh, when we were together on the show and had really rave reviews for the work that we did at the time. And I wanted to rekindle that opportunity because uh, there is a lot in the news as it relates uh, to Israel. What are your initial impressions uh, about the UAE diplomatic tie peace deal with Israel and now uh, the country of Bahrain. And and I think you'll have some particular insights as it relates to Bahrain, a, a country that you know quite a bit about. And frankly, I thought you might have something, uh, you might have had something to do with uh, the peace deal between Israel and Bahrain due to y- your connection uh, to uh Uh, that Gulf state country? What I had to do with the peace deal was that I went to Bahrain recently, and I was able to be fortunate enough to meet with uh, Bahraini diplomats and with American military leaders there, and I managed not to mess it all up. (laughs) Uh, I was able to come and leave the country, and uh, no damage done. So uh, I think that's really, for me, that's not such a bad accomplishment. But, Andy, listen, what when I was in Bahrain, this was in uh, the last time I was there. I'd been there more than once, but the last time I was there was in November of 2018. So it'll be almost two years. And what we heard consistently from everybody that we met with there uh, was that the current American administration was like a breath of fresh air throughout the whole region. Uh, The Obama administration came in, immediately set a tone that caused every other country in the region to be in fear. Uh, The Trump administration came in, immediately reversed it. And we have to understand now, you know, what it is that happens. And we, we've now, we now see the stark contrast in what happens when a superpower wants to shirk its responsibilities and, and step back and pretend it is not a superpower. And the bad things that happen when that occurs and the good things that occur when a superpower, when a superpower asserts itself and asserts itself for positive reasons and, and asserts itself through strength uh, and self-respect, 
then you actually do get the breakthroughs that have occurred. And, uh, you know, I think even uh, all of those who want to disparage Trump, what you hear uh, from them when you hear these very grudging and very isn't even a good enough of a uh, of a of an adverb for it, but these very grudging words of of um, uh, words of let's say approval uh, for the opening of these relationships, as people realize, you know, there really is something uh, that the administration has been doing right, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I think it underscores the need that we need to have four more years of that, Andy. Well, you know, it it does underscore uh, that uh, that need and and the difference between uh, or the choice that voters will have on November third is stark as it relates to many uh, things, diplomatic certainly as well, uh, but as it relates to the Middle East. Uh, I think it is a, and will be a, a significant uh, difference. Remember, and maybe you can discuss this a little bit, uh, Danny, uh, on the other side of uh, this break. Uh, uh, Iran and, and its uh, allies, if you will, versus... Uh, Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, uh, Egypt, Jordan, uh, some of the other uh, Sunni Arab uh, countries is really a, a significant polarization that affects U.S. diplomatic relations. And the way in which Obama handled that, uh, that triad, U.S., Iranian allies and Saudi and their allies and the way in which Trump has handled it uh, makes a huge difference in peace discussions and diplomatic ties and who is uh, friendly with who. And so on the other side of this break, we're going to have Dan Rosen give us a little analysis of that and the, uh, you know, the enemies and who they are in uh, the region so that everybody has an understanding of the critical difference between Donald Trump and Barack Obama and Joe Biden's policies. Uh, because I think it'll be helpful to understand why one achieved peace deals and the other uh, achieved uh, uh, anarchy in what we got out of uh, Lebanon and Syria uh, and uh, Iran in the region. We're going to be right back. It's the Victory Hour. And uh, during this short break, go to parkerdk.com. Uh, you know, it's, you'll see there a website that uh, often referred to as an award-winning website. Uh, you know, and if you don't end up hiring Parker Daniels' keyboard, Dan Rosen is at Kluger Kaplan. And he is, of course, out of the same ilk of Exceptional Lawyer. We'll be right back. Make sure you stay with us. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. 
Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. George Floyd's death sparked national outrage and propelled the country to confront issues of race and justice like few times before in our history. But between partisan politics and protests, the question remains, are we tackling the issue of race in America honestly? Tough questions like this are here to stay and demand fair and truthful responses if we want to move toward a better collective future. That's why we're bringing national media host Larry Elder together with author and commentator Candace Owens for a -a one-of-a-kind virtual event called Unbiased, Unvarnished Truth Behind Race in America. Stream Unbiased live on September 17th as Larry and Candace share personal stories and present a straightforward account of the real issues of race in this country. Don't miss this important discussion in a pivotal season in our nation. For details and tickets, visit am1280thepatriot.com. Unbiased is brought to you by Roof to Deck Decoration, the Christmas lighting people. Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. We are back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. And while we talk Middle East peace, Middle East policy, go to ParkerDK.com. You can check out uh, one of the premier law firms in downtown uh, Minneapolis. This is the Victory Hour. And uh, we're talking today with my longtime uh, law partner, of years past and uh, still very close friend and one who uh, is as knowledgeable as anyone I know on Middle East uh, issues, but also uh, political issues here in the States. That is famous lawyer, as stated on the new website, which will be launched in the next couple of weeks by Parker Daniels Keyboard, famous lawyer Dan Rosen. Uh, And that's how we describe... 
Mr. Rosen. Uh, we're talking a lot better than being a flying, lying monkey. Yeah, it is. It is. We are uh, uh, talking about uh, the what is now being referred to as the Abraham Accords, which uh, is the peace deal to establish uh, official diplomatic relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and now between Israel and Bahrain, both will be a part of the Abraham Accords, and it marks a major milestone in the last quarter century in the Middle East in terms of uh, peace deals between uh, Israel and some of its Arab uh, neighbors. And there will be more uh, following uh, UAE and Bahrain, uh, we understand, uh, both uh, Sudan and Muslim-majority country uh, Kosovo have also indicated their openness to establish uh, relations. Uh, Serbia recently announcing they're going to move their embassy from Tel Aviv to Israel. This loosening of uh, the iceberg between Arab nations and the Jewish state of Israel, the question arises, Where does it come from? Why is it happening now? Why did it not happen during the eight years of Barack Obama and Joe Biden? And why is it happening now with Donald Trump? Danny, what are your thoughts? You know, when you travel through the region, uh, uh, through the Middle East and through the Arab countries of the Middle East, you know, what you hear, at least in my limited experience, what I heard was uh, that it was a, a universal feeling that when Barack Obama came in and he gave his speech in Cairo, uh, that uh, fear permeated the region. And if you go back and you look at the speech that Obama actually gave in Cairo, with hindsight and understanding what happened then during the course of the eight years of his administration, you can really understand not only why that fear was stimulated, but also uh, why those fears ended up being, you know, why the the cause of those fears ended up being realized. Listen to this, Andy. Listen to what Obama said when he came to Iran. Listen to what he says and listen to what he does not say. He says, and this is the Cairo, the Cairo speech. This is his Cairo speech. This is within, I think, three months of his becoming president. It was in the spring of 2009. He says, quote, rather than remain trapped in the past, I've made it clear to Iran's leaders and people that my country is prepared to go forward. Excuse me, is prepared to move forward. I recognize it'll be hard to overcome decades of mistrust, but we will proceed with courage, rectitude, and resolve. There will be many issues to discuss between our countries, and we're willing to move forward without preconditions and on the basis of mutual respect. So first of all, without preconditions means nothing with regard to their nuclear program. But then then he goes straight into a discussion about the nuclear program itself. And what does he say? He says, I understand those who protest that some countries have weapons that others do not. No nation should pick and choose which nation holds nuclear weapons. 
Okay, you know, pause for just a second there. He's declaring that the United States should not take a position as to whether or not any other nation holds a nuclear weapon. So before we even go on, that's got to immediately get every one of Iran's adversaries in the region, Israel, Saudi Arabia, the other Gulf states, Egypt, all of them, got to get them thinking, uh-oh, did he just say that America is not going to tell Iran that they can't have a nuclear weapon? Well, then you go on and you hear what it is that he says. He says, he says, that's why I have strongly reaffirmed America's commitment to seek a world in which no nations hold nuclear weapons. And any nation, including Iran, should have the right to access peaceful nuclear power if it complies with the responsibilities of the Nuclear Nonproliferation Treaty. And then he goes on to the next topic. So what did he say in his first major speech? No nation should tell another nation whether or not they can have a nuclear weapon. I mean, he said this. He said this. No nation should tell another. And he says, you know, as far as we're concerned, Iran can have nuclear power. You know, should it be a surprise then to anybody that six years later he was pushing a bill through Congress that would establish the pathway for Iran to have a nuclear weapon? It would just be simply a 15-year pathway for them to have the nuclear weapon. By the way, with one heck of a lot of money being infused into their economy along the way, I don't think any of us should be surprised. And least surprised were those people who were actually within reach of the Iranian nuclear weapons. Uh, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Israel. So, you know, then what happens? A different administration comes in, and it makes absolutely clear what its position is. That's a terrible agreement. I mean, you know, Trump, there was never the slightest doubt as to where Trump stood on it. It was a breath of fresh air to the region. It was a breath of fresh air because they understood that the, that the one real superpower in the world was actually going to stand up against the more, their, their mortal enemy. And when you have that, now you've got countries that are prepared to sit down uh, and really have discussions about what to do in their mutual interest because they believe their mutual interests are actually being respected. And uh, it allows countries. Now we have the result. Yeah, we, we see the result. It allows countries to step forward and take bold moves when they know that uh, you know, the, the strongest uh, and, and arguably the only superpower in the world uh, is going to stand behind them, is going to protect against uh, nucle- nuclear uh, weaponry by their uh, biggest adversary, their, their largest uh, enemy, and that would be uh, uh, the Shia-controlled uh, Iran. So, you know, you go from having our allies in the moderate, if you would, uh, if you will, Arab states, knees shaking, to uh, feeling uh, emboldened, particularly when that Iran deal was torn up uh, by President Trump, but also by his actions as it relates to uh, other Middle East policy, including moving the embassy uh, to Jerusalem, showing uh, his uh, President Trump's resolve. 
We're going to be right back, and we're going to shift gears a bit and talk to Dan Rosen about uh, what's happening in the numbers with COVID. What impact is that having on uh, policy here in the state of Minnesota? And what about rioting and looting? How is it going to impact the upcoming election? Make sure you stay with us during this quick break. Go to ParkerDK.com. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to ParkerDK.com. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit FifthSeasonFinancial.com for details. Are you or a loved one suffering financial hardship as a result of an advanced stage illness like cancer, Alzheimer's, or ALS? Are the financial side effects of your medical fight reducing your quality of life and causing stress and worry? Did you know that you could be eligible for a special loan to access funds locked up in your life insurance policy? Text the word LIVE to 411411 now. Fifth Season may be able to help you address your financial needs through our Funds for Living program. This simple-to-use program helps you access value that is locked up in your life insurance policy by lending you money against the face amount of your policy. This loan is not like other loans where you need to make monthly payments, and it only gets repaid out of the proceeds of the life insurance policy. Visit FifthSeasonFinancial.com radio and get approved quickly. Fifth Season Financial wants to help you live your best life. Text LIVE to 411411. Text the word LIVE to 411411. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. We are back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. And we are joined this week by special guest and co-host 
Dan Rosen, and we're talking uh, about the Middle East. We're now going to shift gears to some more domestic politics. And I, I did not raise this after the Democratic and Republican uh, uh, conventions, uh, mainly because of time, but I do want to raise it now. It was an article that I read uh, shortly after the uh, conventions, and it was speaking about the Democratic National Convention hosting uh, an imam at the Interfaith Welcome Service, which was part of the convention's uh, regular (laughs) protocol. This is Noman Hussein, imam uh, uh, from Brookfield, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, he is the leader of the Texas-based Kalam Institute. And this is the guy that the Democratic National uh, Committee decided to invite to their interfaith uh, uh, service gathering. And his institute that, that he is a scholar at advocates the use of female sex slaves, killing of adulterers, inciting uh, hatred against Jews and other non-Muslims, uh, they uh, have on their, in their coursework the Prophetic Code, which is capital P, capital C, Prophetic Code, warning Muslims to strive for cleanliness and purity so that they do not resemble the Jews. That is the institute that Hussein comes out of, and he was invited to the Democratic National uh, Convention. This year, this reflects, according to human rights lawyer and, you know, no right wing conservative, believe me, Iran, uh, Irina Zuckerman, uh, it she she states this reflects the concerning and growing trend within the, the Democratic Party to equate Islamists with Muslims. And what she's talking about here is not differentiating between Muslims who are radical anti-Semites like Hussein versus moderate Muslim imams looking for modernity in the Muslim faith uh, to bring into uh, uh, a reformation. Uh, to join Jews and Christians alike in peace. And when the Democratic Party does that, and it allows for willing to pander to hateful groups and to excuse extremism instead of seeking out and building relationships with preachers and imams and rabbis in the, Muslim, in, in the, in the world, uh, Uh, who have a record of opposing hateful political ideology, wherever it may come from, that creates a real problem uh, for us. And, you know, for many generations, the Republican Party has been accused of being the party of uh, radicals, of uh, uh, skinheads, of uh, KKK supporters, etc. But you see that every time... Those 
hateful individuals rear their ugly head within the Republican Party, they are rooted out. Well, that has not happened within the Democratic Party, and we're seeing it today. Danny, do you have a thought on that? Yeah. My thought, Andy, uh, is that it shows again uh, that anti-Jewish bigotry is most often at the bottom of the list of intolerable bigotries. You, uh, it's a, Ilhan Omar, uh, a good example. Yeah, that's right. Provided you punch certain tickets, uh, you're just simply permitted to be anti-Semitic. And by the way, you, you, you made a beautiful point when you talked about what happens to people in the Republican Party. You know, there was the Congress. There is. He's still a congressman from Iowa, Steve King, although he's on his way out. Right. Steve King. Steve King says something along the lines of it's probably not an exact quote, but it's close enough. When did it become uh, impermissible to use the term white nationalist or words to that effect? He says that he makes that statement in an, inter- in an interview. And the Republicans of the United States House of, uh, House of Representatives made clear how intolerable uh, that is to them, and they strip him of all of his committees. Not only do they strip him of all of his committees, but their campaign organization goes and recruits and endorses and funds an opponent, a primary opponent to him. That primary opponent wins, and King is now out of the House of Representatives. On the other hand, look what happens on the Democratic side. Ilhan Omar makes repeated and quite distinctly anti-Semitic statements, and the Democratic caucus in the House of Representatives cannot even bring themselves to explicitly condemn it. Instead, all they can bring themselves to do is pass a resolution generally condemning hate in all of its forms. Nobody, no objective reader of that resolution could possibly associate it with the anti-Semitism of Ilhan Omar. And that shows us, you know, look, but Andy, you and I know it. We know it from the long history of the Jews in the world uh, that that anti-Semitism is latent in many, many places. America has been the most welcoming country to the Jews in the history of the Jews. But uh, the reality is, is there's anti-Semitism in America, too. And right now in the Democratic Party, uh, it is the least impermissible form of hate. Well, it's it, that's true. And, you know, we're just not used to it out of those that call themselves liberals, uh, the tolerant liberals. We just aren't used to it, and that it, it makes it all the more dangerous because they disguise it. They cloak themselves with the uh, you know the the, the disguise of uh, you know liberal progressivism and being open to all people and making sure that everyone is treated well and equally, etc. Uh, but the problem is that th- they uh, they fail when it comes to anti-Semitism in, uh, in particular. And Nancy Pelosi was uh, lead uh, in, in uh, you know, the, 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 what, the music man playing the flute out in front of uh, the crowd uh, to get them uh, to follow. And she just, uh, she, as you say, watered down the approach, supported Ilhan Omar, came, Omar, came out, publicly in support of Omar, 
uh, here in Minnesota, saying this is the type of person that we want in the Democratic Party. Andy, and the thing is, is that when she says that, whether she personally believes it or not, I really truly don't know. But what she is doing is giving voice to what she believes is the prevailing attitude within her party. Uh, She knows very well how to put her finger up in the air, understand the way the wind is blowing. And when Nancy Pelosi says that about Ilhan Omar, that's because Nancy Pelosi perceives that that is the direction that the Democratic winds are blowing. And it's something that all of us have to fight against. And I'll tell you, by the way, I tell all of my Republican friends, we should be strongly supporting in those congressional districts where, frankly, uh, a Republican is unlikely to win, maybe even in some other times. I know that might be a heretical thought uh, within some of your audience, but certainly in the in the all Democratic uh, districts, in the Democratic dominant districts, we should be strongly supporting uh, those Democrats who buck those sorts of attitudes. Why? Because uh, even if you're the most partisan Republican, you accept the fact uh, that uh, we have two parties that actually win elections year in and year out. And the fact is, is that we are always going to have a large number of Democrats in our Congress, and you're always going to have to be able to work with them. And if that party turns anti-Semitic, if that party turns anti-American, if that party turns radical, that's bad for all of us. And Republicans who actually care about advancing conservative agenda items uh, ought to be in there staunchly defending uh, those, quote unquote, moderate Democrats who really, really are just what we used to call mainstream liberal Democrats. Uh, We ought to be supporting them. The trouble is, of course, that if Republicans support them, they go down to defeat for sure. (laughs) Well, that's right. You know, right on point. Uh, let's shift gears a minute to uh, uh, to Governor Walls uh, here in Minnesota and his handling of uh, the coronavirus. I, I think that he is a good exemplar of the manner in which blue state governors have uh, talked about and have handled uh, the coronavirus in their states. Minnesota over... Eighty percent of the deaths have been the result of uh, or have have come out of uh, assisted care facilities. You see that in a number of these uh, other blue states, not protecting the people they need to protect and overprotecting the people that uh, and killing them with the economy that they don't need to protect. Uh, We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break with my guest, uh, Famous lawyer Dan Rosen, and get his opinion on the, uh, you know, the marks that uh, Governor Walls should be given uh, for his uh, handling of the pandemic that we now face. During this short break, again, I just suggested for, you know, to 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 uh, improve your Sunday, go to ParkerDK.com and make sure to stay with us. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. 
Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company, and now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note, and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. We are back. It's the victory hour. Thank you for staying with us during uh, this hour. We're joined by uh, my close friend and super lawyer, Dan Rosen. I use that uh, term with a small s. Uh, And uh, we're talking now this segment about Governor Tim Walz and his handling of coronavirus. And as a lead into this, I I just want to remind everyone that uh, an individual, one person making the decision to shut down an entire state's economy is a big deal. It doesn't happen hardly ever. Never in my lifetime. And this governor has taken the opportunity not to just do it initially, but to carry it on and to do it 
through the use of a narrative of fear. And it'll, it, it causes, it allows him to achieve a shutdown because, you know, people follow it when they hear these fearful uh, numbers in the way that they are being projected. But if you look just behind the veneer and start to assess it yourself, you start to really question what's, what's really going on here with our freedoms. More than that, the decimation of people's lifelong dreams being just tossed aside. There better be a very, very good reason. Danny, do you think there is? <laughs> Andy, you know, my father used to have an expression. He used to like to say in Yiddish, the language of the Jews in Eastern Europe. My father used to say, under circumstances like this, it's a nechtugatug. That is, it's a day that is just like night. Everything is turned on its head. The logic of everything is turned on its head. Uh, and, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, people complain people's responses to the virus are, 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 are based on politics and they're not based on medicine. And that's true. And that's true. And I think that the reason is, is because for uh, people like Governor Walls and for other governors that have made very similar decisions, they've made the determination and they have acted. Uh, they have turned the virus into primarily a political question, because when you take action that controls the lives of everybody, uh, where the fatality rates just don't justify it, where the only people, as a practical matter, the only people who die from this virus are people who are either quite old or are otherwise have a very serious medical condition, people who overwhelmingly know that they are vulnerable. And so By the way, just to underscore that, Danny, the median age of those who have died of coronavirus is 83, and the percentage of those who have died who have had comorbidity is 98%. That means they have other serious health conditions, 98%. Go ahead. That's right. And so if you take the 2% of the whatever percent it is of the people who have actually been infected, and it's not the whatever it is, the 4 or 5% of those who are in the statistics of cases, because those are only people who have been tested. I, for example, uh, know for sure that I had it because I was tested for the antibodies, but the antibody tests results don't show. Only positive infection tests actually show in the statistics. So 2% of whatever the percent is, uh, and if it's, let's just say it's even 4% of 5% of the reported cases, now it's 2% of those. The fatality rate for this disease, for people who are capable of making decisions for themselves, is unbelievably small. And then, by the way, we learn that it's called a COVID death only merely if a person had COVID and died. 
We don't even know if COVID is the cause of death in those 2% that you're talking about, Andy. So it's an unbelievable thing. And by the way, those who are vulnerable, we do, of course, have a societal obligation to protect the vulnerable. But the vulnerable also have a societal obligation to protect themselves. And I don't believe that the vulnerable have a right to declare to society, you must all shut down so that the chances of my getting this disease are reduced when they themselves can actually reduce their own vulnerability by staying isolated. And that, and that is not nice because it's not the same. And no, really right. But that is the political question. What you just identified is the political question. If you are honest about the numbers and we uh, allow everyone the information that they need to understand the very, very small fatality rate of this disease when we're dealing with people who are not of a very old age or are not uh, with some comorbidity that is another serious health condition that puts them at risk. When you separate out all those people, and that's 98% of those who have died, so only 2% of those who have died, not those who have the disease, but those who have died of the disease, died solely from from, uh, COVID, and that number may in fact be high. When you put that out to people, it then becomes a political question, all right, Is it right to shut down the entire economy because of that? Andy, do you know one person with a comorbidity, one person that is highly vulnerable to serious illness and death from this disease that would be obligated to go to a Twins game, one person that would be obligated to stand within six feet of the person next to him, one person that would be obligated to be somewhere uh, other than in their home or in another place that is safe? Do you know of anybody that would actually be obligated to put themselves in danger? I mean, you know, that's really what this is all about. And and we we have decided that we're going to shut everything down for the sake of keep of everybody being treated as if they are vulnerable. And that, Andy, is a political question, just as you say it. And so, you know, we want to talk about, you know, people want to say, I want to follow the doctors. Oh, you know, I got to say something. I don't believe we have been served by following the epidemiologists for a second in this whole epidemic, because the epidemiologists, by and large, have been predicting Armageddon. Armageddon has not come, uh, and, uh, and they're still predicting Armageddon. Andy, you and I know from our from our profession that when the term expert is used, you got to really take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and you have to analyze it, and that's uh, you know that's what we've been doing uh, on this show for uh, a number of weeks. We had Scott Johnson on a number of times. We've had Kevin Roach on. We've had Dr. Scott Jensen uh, on the show, all to give a bit of a different perspective than what you are hearing. Uh, out of St. Paul from Jan Malcolm and, uh, you know, her her statisticians in the back room who, who, who push out numbers that, you know, move the food around the plate, if you will, without ever getting to it. Andy, if I can bring it full circle, 
draw the contrast with our friend in South Dakota, oh, Governor yeah. Noam, whom you and I had the honor of escorting through Israel just a few years ago uh, for a week. And, uh, you know, it just and, and, and what do we see? We see in her, I really think, someone who is going to go somewhere. Sound in policy, sound in understanding the world around her. Very, very sensible. Danny, thank you very much for being with us today on the Victory Hour. Uh, and I will see you when I'm back from Alaska. Until then, everyone out there, have a great week. From Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. AM 1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free Radio.com app. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today.